I want to tell you a story this morning that has a coda and a second coda. I heard this story on ESPN Daily Podcast, the source of all great Torah. <laughs> and the context for this story is college baseball. But if you are not a college baseball fan, if you have, in fact, never seen an inning or a single play of college baseball, as I have not either, no matter, this story is about life. So there is a college in North Carolina called Wake Forest. And Wake Forest has a baseball team called the Demon Deacons. And the Demon Deacons have been totally mediocre for almost 70 years. They last won the College World Series in 1955, and it's been downhill ever since then. In 2010, they hire a new coach named Tom Walter. And the deal with college sports programs is recruitment. You have to find star high school athletes who want to come play for your program. And at the time that Tom Walter becomes coach, he hears about an outfielder from Alpharetta, Georgia, named Kevin Jordan. And Kevin Jordan, in baseball speak, is a five-tool player. That is, he can hit for power, he hits home runs, he can hit to get on base, singles, doubles, triples, he can run, he can throw, and he can play superb defense. In fact, Kevin Jordan was such a superstar that when he was a junior in high school, he was drafted by the New York Yankees. And all of the college programs that were the best programs that had won the World Series in recent years we're landing on his doorstep, come and play for us. And in addition, Tom Walter of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons decides to pay a call on Kevin Jordan's family, on his parents, on Kevin Jordan, sit in his living room. And his program was the most unexpected, the most undistinguished program. He really had no chance. But something unexpected happened in the living room of Kevin Jordan's home in Georgia. Tom Walter said to him and to his parents, listen, if you come and play for Wake Forest, I will take care of you. I will be with you. I will care about you. And the unexpected thing is that Kevin Jordan actually believed him. And Kevin Jordan's parents believed him. And so they said no to the New York Yankees. And they said no to all of the powerhouse baseball programs at that time. And they said yes to mediocre Wake Forest that last won the World Series in 1955 because they believed that Tom Walters was a mensch. Roll the film forward. Uh, in his senior year, Kevin Jordan can't hold food down. He can't eat. He has no strength. He loses a lot of weight. He's getting slower and he's getting weaker. He sees so many doctors, every doctor in Georgia. They cannot quite diagnose what's going on, but meanwhile, his performance on the baseball field drops precipitously. Comes his freshman year in college, 
and he goes off to Wake Forest. And he is now officially not the superstar athlete drafted by the New York Yankees that he had been as a junior in high school. In fact, he is fighting to stay alive. He needs to take 35 pills a day to stay alive. He needs to be on dialysis three times a week to stay alive. Finally, he is diagnosed with having a very rare autoimmune kidney disease. And the pills and the dialysis will keep him alive. But the only way that he's going to actually able to stay alive and have a life is if he gets a kidney transplant. And as you may know, there are more people who need a kidney transplant than kidneys that are available for a transplant. And so if you're on the list, you just have to be very patient and wait a good long time. And time was the one thing Kevin Jordan did not have. So all of the members of ex his extended mishpacha are tested. Could some member of his family be a match and donate their kidney to save the life of Kevin Jordan? And alas, nobody in his family is a match. And then Tom, Tom Walters hears this story. And he says, I'll get tested. I'll get tested. And he gets tested. And it turns out he is a match. And when he hears that he's a match, he doesn't hesitate. He says, I am happy to donate my kidney to you. And so on February the 7th, 2011, at Emory University, Tom Walter donates his kidney to Kevin Jordan. And within 15 minutes of the kidney transplant, Kevin Jordan starts to feel dramatically better. He doesn't need the 35 pills a day anymore. He does not need dialysis three times a week. Within one month, he is back at Wake Forest going to school. And shortly thereafter, he gets the green light from his doctors that he can resume his athletic activities to try to rebuild his career as a baseball player. And one year and one month, after the kidney transplant, Kevin Jordan is back on the baseball field. Now, the story, before we get to the first coda and the second coda, the story ends with Kevin Jordan alive because he has his coach, Tom Walter's kidney. He is playing baseball for the Wake Forest Demon Diamonds, but from just a strict point of view of baseball performance, his performance is disappointing on the field. He is not the star athlete he had been. He clearly does not become the amazing superstar baseball player that he would have been if he hadn't had this near fatal illness and this kidney transplant. But thank God he's alive and he's on the field and he plays. End of the story. Now comes the first coda. First coda is that in the spring of 2020, George Floyd is murdered by a Minneapolis Police Department. You all heard about the news this week about the consent decree that's going to need to be enforced and the Justice Department's finding about systemic racism in the, in the Police Department of Minneapolis. And you remember that in the spring of 2020, our nation was convulsed with unrest, and there was a very intense conversation about race and racism and systemic racism 
and police brutality, etc. And that there was a lot of intense feelings all the way around. And it was in that context that a friend of Tom Walter, who means well, said to him, wait a minute, how could you even donate your kidney to Kevin Jordan? How would that even work? Because Tom Walter is white. Kevin Jordan is black. And the, fr and the friend of Tom Walter said, can a white person's kidney actually even be transplanted on a black person? Would it even take? Would it even work? And when his friend asked this question, Tom Walter realized, Lord, we just have so much work to do. We just have so much work to do. We have so much education to do. So his next call was to Kevin Jordan. And he said, Kevin, we have to start a new organization. And the mantra of our organization is going to be, my blood and his blood are the same. And we need to go on the road. And we need to talk about how a white man and a black man did a kidney transplant. And it doesn't matter about color of skin, because my blood and his blood are the same. So Tom Walter and Kevin Jordan formed this organization called Get In The Game. And it, they take it on the road, and they talk about building bridges and healing the racial divide in our country. That's the second. That's the, that's the first coda. Now comes the second coda. Did I tell you that Wake Forest was last in the World Series in 1955? Did I mention this? Yes. Did I mention that they had been historically mediocre for almost 70 years? Well, this weekend is the College World Series, and Wake Forest is not only in the College World Series, for the first time in almost 70 years, they're the number one seed. Wake Forest is the best college baseball team in the country. And here's my question to you. What is the relationship between the story and the first coda and the second coda? Is there any kind of causal connection between the story and the first coda and the second coda? Put differently, is there a causal connection between Tom Walter's Menschlichkeit off the baseball field and Wake Forest's success on the baseball field? Does his Menschlichkeit engender his team's historic success? Now, in Pirkei Avot, Ben Azai famously teaches, mitzvah goreret mitzvah, that one mitzvah, one act of decency, leads to another. And one act of indecency leads to another. Positive energy has momentum, and it leads to more positive energy. And negative energy has momentum, and it leads to negative energy. And what Ben Azai teaches us is just so important, and it applies to one 100% of the people in the Rabbi Chil Sanctuary this morning, which is simply this, that all the days of our lives are interconnected. All the chapters of our lives form a coherent book, and that our past, what we did yesterday, shapes 
our present, what we do today. And that will shape our future, what we will do tomorrow. And the question is, we are an energy force field. And the question is, what kind of energy are we radiating out? Because the positive energy we radiate out will come back to us. And the negative energy that we radiate out will come back to us because mitzvah goreret mitzvah and averah goreret averah. Which brings us to the College World Series, where Wake Forest is the number one seed. Could it be that high school star baseball players and their parents heard about and were attracted to the Menschlichkeit of Tom Walter? Could it be that when Tom Walter went into their living rooms and sat on their couch and said, if your child comes to my program, I will take care of him, that they actually believed him because they knew he actually gave his kidney, his own kidney, to Kevin Jordan so that Kevin Jordan could live? And could it be that as a result of that, star players started coming to Wake Forest and as a, as a result of that, they had more energy in the program and more success on the field, and that that generated more interest, and then more star players came, and that generated more success. And what you had was a self-fulfilling virtue cycle. And could it be that an age of polarization and toxic division, parents and players were really attracted to the story of a guy who says, my blood and his blood are the same. Somebody who off the baseball field is committed to healing and building and bringing unity to our tormented land. And they said, I want to play for him. Our story generates a coda and generates a second coda. And that is true for Tom Walter and that is true for every one of us. Always remember, years ago, I was at a milestone birthday party for somebody who had just turned 60. And people flew in from around the country to be there for this milestone birthday. And people were sharing about what they loved about this woman who had just turned 60. And it was all nice and it was all lovely. And then it came time for her nephew to speak. And he had flown through the night. He had taken a red eye to be there. And the minute the party was over, he was going back to the airport to fly home. In other words, he made it his business to be there. In other words, he turned his life upside down to be there. And when it came time for him to speak, he said, let me tell you why I am here now. And then he shared his story that when he was in high school, he always dreamed of playing college basketball for a program. And he devoted his first 17 years to playing basketball and making it in the NCAA. And he was actually pretty successful in high school and he was invited to the McDonald's basketball tournament. And that was gonna be his make it or break it moment. Scouts were there, coaches were there. Now is his time. And find a course and it's replete with basketball talent, the best high school players in the world are there and finally he gets his time on the court and he jumps up for a rebound and he jumps really high and he falls awkwardly and he breaks his shoulder. And he is then taken from the court to the hospital 
the ER, they bandaged his broken shoulder, and his big moment came, and his big moment went, and he had a broken shoulder, and no coach and no scout knew his name. And he finds himself in the airport flying home. And he's seated on the floor of the airport terminal when he hears that the flight is delayed for four hours. His shoulder is broken. His dreams are broken. He's on the floor waiting for four hours, crying, and he's never felt so alone. And just then, his aunt appeared. She found him, and she hugged him, and he cried on her shoulders, and she said to him, I understand your pain. You're going to get through this. You are so deeply loved. You are so deeply strong. And she sat with him until four hours later he got on the plane. He said, you showed up for me when I really needed you. There is literally no force in the universe that could have stopped me from showing up for you right now. Every story generates a coda. Showing up generates showing up. By the way, not showing up generates not showing up. Supreme menschlichkeit generates supreme attraction. What energy is flowing from you right now?